Welcome to the Nutrition-ish Podcast, the place for all things nutrition and mindfulness. We are passionate about guiding you to make peace with food and empower your body and brain. I'm one of your hosts, Allie Hobson. I'm an NTP, Nutritional Therapy Practitioner in San Diego. I work with individuals to assess personal nutritional deficiencies and imbalances by addressing the root cause of any health issue. In my private practice, I focus on women's hormones, gut health, and thyroid dysfunction. Let's meet my co-host. I'm Chelsea Gross, a certified transformational nutrition coach based in Los Angeles. I work one-on-one with women who are ready to break free from dieting, make peace with food, and create a life they love filled with energy, self-love, and freedom from rules and obsession. I'm also the creator of the ebook, Break Free from Disordered Eating. Remember our disclaimer, this podcast is intended to be informative and entertaining and should not replace medical advice, treatment, or diagnosis. We are so excited you're here. Let's get to the episode. You're listening to episode 42 of the Nutrition-ish podcast. Hey. Hello. Merry Christmas Eve. Merry Christmas Eve. (laughs) (laughs) It's still so warm out. Yeah. I don't think winter happened, really. I don't know. It seems like it isn't going to (laughs) happen. I'm still wearing all of the things, though. Well, Mm -hmm. the only thing I've worn for the past six months are Lululemon pants, and that's not changing. And sweaters and boots and, yeah. So cute. I love (laughs) layers. I love a layered look, and I just don't get to do it enough in L.A. Yeah. Layers are everything. (laughs) Um... Side note, mm-hmm. what's going on with romaine lettuce? <laughs> I well, saw you posted about it and Scott sent me an article. I literally eat romaine lettuce like six days a week. Well, okay, so that was back in Thanksgiving. Right. <laughs> so I don't... Spoiler, <laughs> we're recording this little one in advance. I was like, damn it. How do I, how do I play this? Uh <laughs> I mean, is it new? Here's the thing. I feel like I've been hearing about issues with romaine lettuce for over a year. Yeah, there was iceberg for a while. Yeah. And now, <laughs> okay, so yes, we're recording this a little early. So we might, there might not be any romaine scares now because it's like Christmas. But in Thanksgiving, yes, I just saw, which was today, that the CDC was like, no one is safe for eating romaine. So avoid romaine lettuce. But why are they still selling it then in grocery stores? I don't know. I think you just, like, can't recall everything. I don't know. I just made that up. (laughs) But does it make sense to put it out then and not give a disclaimer? Like, we have to give a disclaimer about everything we talk about. (laughs) Yeah, I don't know. I don't really buy romaine lettuce, actually, very often. I usually just buy Mm. the bagged spring mix. Yeah, I hate spring mix. Really? I I... I don't like mixed greens. I like arugula... And romaine. Mm. That's my go-to. Well, maybe just go with arugula for now. <laughs> I am. Yeah, just I literally case. just bought a couple heads of romaine yesterday. I'm going to return it. Yeah. That's good. Yeah. I, I would have just thrown them away because I never think to return things like that. I would just think that you couldn't, but I guess you can. I mean, it's yeah. just like anything else. Lately, I've gotten really into returning everything. Not everything, but I would be someone who would just be like, eh. Whatever, yeah, I'll throw it away. Even, I don't know, anything. I'm like, I'm going to return that if I'm not going to use it. Or if, if it goes bad, I've gotten into that too. Like with Trader Joe's, a lot of their produce goes bad really quick. 
like beyond the date that it said it should. And I'll take that back too. It feels really good. It does. Whenever I return anything, it feels amazing. Yeah. But usually I'm returning things to like Target. Like that's what I do at Target. If I buy anything, I always like, I never try anything on. Ugh, those are like just, I can't. So I just I like buy a bunch of stuff and then return it all. Yeah. <laughs> if it's close. Yeah. But I wonder if I've gotten sick from Romaine. Like I've actually, do you remember how I got so nauseous like a couple months ago, which I thought was a reaction to the drug I'm taking for my co-infection, Babesia? Guys, if you don't know what I'm talking about, just, (laughs) it's okay. Skip forward. Um, (laughs) Maybe. Maybe, because my doctor was like, "Mm, I don't know. I don't think you would be having any sort of die-off reaction that late into taking it. And but I think, I think if, it was something else. Maybe if you're going to get E. coli or salmonella or something from these, like, it's going to be more of, like, a vomiting, like, violent food, like, a stomach reaction. That's true. Yeah, and I wasn't vomiting. Like, when I got sick off of sprouts, like, I've n- I have not ba- sprouts? bought. Sprouts? Yeah. Because sprouts, when you buy them, or the way that they grow, they grow under heat. So they're really prone to bacteria. <sighs> So they're, they're healthy for you, but mm. I never buy them because I did get sick one time, and I swear that, like, started a whole turmoil of, like, who even knows. That's kind of when I started having more stomach issues, and then I did the whole SIBO yeah. protocol and all of that, and SIBO a lot of times starts from, like, a stomach bug or the stomach flu. Sometimes. Right. Not always. But Fun stuff. <laughs> I know I don't, I don't buy sprouts anymore, so I'm not taking my chances <laughs> on lettuce. There's a lot of other things wow. I'd rather eat besides lettuce. I love lettuce. Like, this is a bummer for me. I know. I mean, it's not like I don't like it, but, you know, pick your battles. I mean, I love romaine, so we'll see how I do. Anyway, fun chat. So okay. <laughs> let's get to the episode. <laughs> okay. You guys, under five minutes, anyone who doesn't like our banter. Yeah. That okay. Was, that was key. <laughs> so our first question today comes from Drinda. And a little bit about her. She says, I've been a workout addict for about seven years with CrossFit, then going into just lifting at the gym and tons of cardio, and now I do Orange Theory four to six times a week, usually at 5 a.m., so I go to bed at 8.30. I've always been pretty healthy. However, last week I had a blood panel done and found out I have Hashimoto's. Antibodies were at 4.80. I have pretty good sleep habits. I love sleep. In the past year, I've come to realize I've always had a disordered eating pattern, starting at age 10 when I was on Weight Watchers. From there, I've always been on some sort of restrictive diet and always felt guilt around my relationship to food. At the beginning of this year, I tried keto, but that's when I started realizing I needed more balance. So since June, I've been trying to eat low-carb, healthy foods and not tracking anything. Since finding out about Hashimoto's, I have cut out all gluten and dairy. I'm a full-time hairstylist, but currently enrolled at ITN. Thanks, Chelsea. So that's Institute of Transformational Nutrition. Yes, I enrolled uh, Drinda. Sorry, I want to say Dorinda because I watch The Real Housewives of New York. I'm sure you get that a lot. And yes, she's amazing. I'm so excited for you. And she says, I give a lot to my clients and tend to feel super super wiped at the end of the day. But overall, I'm a positive person and love helping people. Supplements that she's taking uh, and medications, Young Jevity Ultimate Enzymes, Orthomolecular Products Balance, uh, Bio-Optimizers, Probiotic P3 Ohm, uh, NP Thyroid 60 milligrams, Progesterone LDN, Testosterone Cream. Her first question is, what do you think about LDN for Hashimoto's? Okay, so 
I'm going to answer that question, but I'm first going to talk about Hashimoto's a little bit because I think we mentioned it a lot on the podcast and we've answered a lot of questions around it. But Chelsea and I were like, have we ever really talked about what it is? (laughs) So, um, okay, so what is Hashimoto's? Hashimoto's is the autoimmunity of the thyroid. So an autoimmune disease is when your body confuses... um, like a foreign antigen or a foreign invader with your actual body, with itself. So instead of attacking maybe that foreign invader, your body gets confused and it starts attacking parts of your body. So it can be anything. There's a million, you know, different autoimmune diseases out there like rheumatoid arthritis and lupus and there's a lot. Um, So Hashimoto's is just one of them, but it's, it's targeted towards the thyroid. So your body is kind of attacking your thyroid on accident. It doesn't mean to, but for whatever reason, your body has tagged that as kind of a foreign invader. So the reason for avoiding gluten, which is great, you've already done that, is because the if you look at gluten like almost underneath like a microscope or however the body perceives it, it looks a lot like your thyroid gland. So if you Google like what the thyroid gland looks like, you'll see it kind of looks like a little butterfly thing. So gluten can be really um, confusing for the body and in comparison to the thyroid. So when you eat gluten, your body might confuse that and attack the thyroid instead of just breaking down the gluten, the protein, and digesting it, so and so. So that's the main reason for avoiding gluten, which is always my top recommendation. If you're gonna start anywhere with Hashimoto's, start by removing gluten. And then we work into healing the gut because we know that all autoimmunity stems from a gut imbalance or perhaps leaky gut and um, unhealthy gut flora. So by healing the gut, we take care of Hashimoto's. Um, So a way to test Hashimoto's, um, which I would say if you're, the symptoms for Hashimoto's can be very, very different for everybody. I would say most commonly it's extreme fatigue. You can have, um, I just saw a patient recently who her symptoms don't present like Hashimoto's, but she definitely her antibodies are, you know, through the roof and she has, um, you know, just all these other like blood markers for Hashimoto's yet. And her telling me that I would never suspect it. And mostly, um, it's like nausea, um, diarrhea, just extreme, extreme kind of like upset stomach. So it doesn't have to be always like the, um, I guess most common symptoms, which might be something like fatigue. So your thyroid regulates your metabolism, but it also regulates your energy levels. It can regulate your hormones. So you could just have a hormone imbalance and then it links back to Hashimoto's. You could be extremely fatigued and it relates back to Hashimoto's. So I'd say there's a variety of different symptoms and it's just good to get tested if you're having any type of imbalance and just rule out the thyroid because the thyroid to me is one of the trickiest things out there. There's just so many different ways that the body can kind of perceive an imbalance with the thyroid. So if you are doing a test, um, we've linked to this before, but we'll put it in the show notes for this time too, of what you would get tested. So I would recommend doing your TSH, which is your thyroid stimulating hormone, your T3, your T4, your free T3, your free T4, and then also your reverse T3. So an interesting thing that I've been doing lately is looking at the total number of T3 divided by your reverse T3, and that ratio wants to be about 10. If it's anything under 10, then your body is not producing enough thyroid, even though your TSH could look normal. So that's why it's really important to get a full thyroid panel because you could be having all these symptoms. Your doctor says, oh, well, your TSH looks good, and maybe they'll do like your free T4, that looks fine. 
but you really want to look at kind of some of these ratios and work with someone who knows exactly what they're doing with Hashimoto's. Um, so another thing to look at too, besides those that I just mentioned, um, is TPO. So TPO are the antibodies, and that is what is really going to tell you if you have Hashimoto's or not. So TPO are the antibodies, and there's also TGA. Those are a different type of antibodies. If you have either of those at very high levels, then you might be coming, or you might come back as, you know, saying positive for Hashimoto's, meaning that your body has targeted your thyroid as kind of like this invader. And so when you have antibodies, it's like your body is kind of like recognizing that as a foreign a foreign thing. It's not really your body, if that makes sense. So those are the two markers mainly for Hashimoto's, the TPO and the TGA. I think the, the ranges different, differ in terms of like what people diagnose Hashimoto's as on lab. Sometimes it'll be under 30. So if it's anywhere, if you have TPO antibodies from zero to 30 and it's under that 30, you might be okay according to whoever your doctor is. But um, I think it's really important to not go off of so much lab work sometimes and just go by your symptoms because you might have low antibodies but you present all of the symptoms for Hashimoto's which means we still need to work on the thyroid was that a good over overview that was a fantastic <laughs> overview yeah okay great should I continue and do you want to speak the to the the LDN yeah okay so LDN stands for low dose naltrexone I'm trying to find my notes here to go yes okay so low dose naltrexone is what ldn stands for and that was her question so a lot of um i wouldn't say a lot i would say some doctors um will prescribe ldn as kind of maybe i don't know if they call it a cure or a support system for hashimoto's but that is one method um my thoughts personally are that ldn is is it's an option it can be an option but to me it's not necessarily the best answer depending on what else you're doing. So I'll go into a little bit about what LDN is. Um, and again, so it's a medication, it's a prescription. And that's why I say that is because any prescription you take, to me, in functional nutrition, functional medicine, is not really going to get you to your end goal. You really have to address the root cause. So maybe you're addressing the root cause and you're doing LDN. That's a different story. If you're just doing LDN for Hashimoto's, I would say there's so much more that you should be doing or can be doing. So um, the interesting thing, I kind of did some research on this naltrexone because I've heard of it. I just didn't really know exactly what it was or what it did. <laughs> so naltrexone is actually an opioid antagonist, meaning that it blocks the opioid receptors in your brain. Uh, these receptors are meant to respond to endorphins. So the endorphins are like your body's natural feel-good chemicals. So at a low dose, this can actually increase the level of endorphins in your body because your body almost... So say you're blocking them, your body knows that they need it, okay? So your body's going to produce more because it's like, okay, for whatever reason it's being blocked, I guess I'll just produce more. So at a low dose, then your bodies can increase. And it's kind of hard to say like why this works, but for whatever reason, and this has just been not really shown, like studies don't really know exactly why endorphins help modulate the immune system, but they do. So the immune system is really the issue with any autoimmunity. So because it ramps up the production of endorphins, it increases like overall your level of happy hormones, which for whatever reason can help people with autoimmunity and sometimes even, I guess it's been proven in cancer patients as well, um, because in these patients, autoimmune and cancer, they typically have lower endorphin levels. So it's kind of a drug that increases your endorphins, I guess is like a, <laughs> to wrap that in a bow. 
<laughs> and somehow that helps with the autoimmunity. Um, so this, hmm. I want to, we're going to link to an article by Dr. Amy Myers, who is a fantastic resource for anything thyroid and gut health and autoimmunity. So she wrote her opinion on LDN and whether it works, um, and whether it doesn't and what she thinks. But, um, in her article to summarize, she kind of says, look, it can help people, but I think it's only really going to help people symptomatically. It's not necessarily going to cure anything. Um, so this is a quote from her. She says, I personally have tried LDN. Oh dear. Sorry guys. (laughs) Oopsie. (laughs) Definitely put my phone on that like moon button and didn't work. (laughs) Okay. Moving on. So Amy Meyer says, do not disturb. Yeah. The moon. (laughs) I just never called it that. It's like the moon. (laughs) The moon button on the iPhone. (laughs) Um, okay. Amy Myers says, I personally have tried LDN and did not notice any benefit from it. I tried it with a large number of my patients in my clinic as well, and overall did not get many outstanding results. I have had a few patients have good results, especially those with painful autoimmune conditions and fibromyalgia, although not dramatically. This, however, does not mean that LDN does not work. Every time I write an article about autoimmunity or talk about it on Facebook, lots of people write in with questions about this LDN. So that was her opinion. Obviously, it's a a big topic. Um, but then I, I think it goes back to LDN can be helpful to manage symptoms, especially if you have really painful autoimmunity symptoms. So I guess to kind of go back to answer your question, um, Dorinda, are your, are your, um, symptoms like painful enough or are you struggling enough to where you think that LDN could help? Maybe. Um, if you're kind of just dealing with, you know, maybe some gut imbalance stuff, fatigue, um, hair loss can be one of the other things for Hashimoto's. Um, I don't necessarily think that LDN, I mean, who knows? I think it's like with anything, some stuff works for some people and it doesn't for others. (laughs) That's the bottom line. Um, but my personal opinion is that yes, it can be helpful if you have a painful autoimmune disease and you're really struggling with symptoms. However, there are so many other things you need to do first to heal the gut in order to get to a place where you're managing your Hashimoto's. Yeah, and actually we're not sure what your exact symptoms are or maybe what prompted you to get tested. I'm actually not even completely sure if you just went and got... Well, I think it's interesting. For them to have tested your antibodies means that you must have been searching for a root cause to something that feels totally out of balance. That would be my guess, and you were probably working with a functional doctor if you're not your regular conventional doctor deserves a gold medal for testing you or doing a full thyroid panel because it's really great that you were able to come back with some sort of resolution to what's going on. But again, we don't know your exact symptoms. So I think that would connect back to why you'd want to be taking LDN or what you would be taking it for, or even kind of who recommended that uh, drug in the first place. So just some follow-up questions and stuff like that. Um, but I do want to read your second question and then we can keep um, keep chatting about this. So sh- you also said, I'm currently reading Hash- the Hashimoto's Protocol by Dr. Isabella Wentz and listening to every podcast I can find, but it feels a little like trying to take a sip of water out of a fire hose. Overwhelming. I do not want to be on thyroid medication or really anything long-term and also worry about being able to have children in the future. So just overall looking for advice and your thoughts on the supplements I'm taking. Well, (laughs) I'm going to talk about a little bit more than that. (laughs) 
So I actually, um, Drinda just, I often go kind of off of energy and intuition. So I did just want to speak to some of kind of your language in your question and just like some of the little nuggets more than your specific questions, if that's okay. So I wanted to talk a little bit about healing diets and mindset. Um, So coming from a disordered past, especially with how long you've been struggling with that, and I can't believe that you were doing um, Weight Watchers at age 10. That certainly must have been difficult. Like that's, that's a really young age to you know, have to start thinking about your weight and weight loss and body image and all that. So I think it's fantastic that you've come to this place where you're starting to work on your relationship with food and being able to pinpoint the fact that you've always been on a disordered and restrictive diet and have always felt guilt around your relationship to food. And hopefully now you're making a lot of steps forward. And I'm really happy that you're um, going through the ITN program and I know we were really connected when we spoke, so I'm sure that everything that you're learning in the program is helping you to break free from all of that stuff as well, um, but it complicates things when you have something like an autoimmune disease, and we've touched on this quite a bit. I've talked about it a ton with my personal experience, um, and I know that a lot of people really resonate where people who've come from a disordered past can re-trigger old disordered eating tendencies or even create new habits, um, you know, new disordered eating from having to follow a healing diet because it is restrictive. And it gets, it just gets really, really confusing when you're doing it for health reasons. Um, However, it's still creating mental turmoil. So really what I want to say to you specifically is that Coming from a disordered past, I think you really, really need to be mindful of this. And I think that being gluten and dairy free and and just sticking to real food is enough for right now. Like I wholeheartedly agree with Allie with gluten because of molecular mimicry. I felt so cool when I learned that term, by the way. <laughs> it's like one of my favorite things. Um, you know, I think for where you're at right now, I think that's enough. You know, being mindful of processed food, you know, no, you eating more just like real fresh fruits and vegetables, fats, protein, all that stuff, Um, and being a little bit more strict around gluten and dairy, but that may be it for right now, just so that you don't get triggered or feel like you are following a strict protocol or that you are following a diet, just so that you can make sure you're managing your mental well-being and you're managing your stress because those are huge, huge, huge factors in thyroid health, and often stress is what kind of can trigger autoimmunity, you know, where maybe you did have an autoimmune disease and remission and then it became um, active because of going through a stressful period. That could be a multitude of different things that um, could be that stress. But, you know, that's, we we often forget that our mindset um, and our relationship to food and all that stuff too can be really, really stressful and really affect our health. Um, So I can tell that you're feeling very overwhelmed by everything. like you said, you feel like you're drinking, you're sipping water out of a fire hose. That's, that's a, that's, I'm getting a, you know, a vision of that. That's overwhelming. It's a a very good description. I love that. It is. Yeah. And I think a lot of people feel that way, no matter what health issue they may be going through when you initially get a diagnosis. There's so many different feelings where you feel relief, you feel like, maybe anger, you feel resentment, you feel overwhelmed, and then you're, you know, diving into all the information and all the research and all the books and all the podcasts and just such a multitude of different emotions. So um, 
I recommend like trying to take things a little bit slow and there's actually a lot of benefit to taking it slow. And I find my body and a lot of people I've worked with and just other people I know, my body often fights me back when I'm trying too hard to heal. You know, being very, very aggressive and the protocol is really extreme and you're taking tons of different supplements and medications and doing all the treatments and working with all the doctors. It's just a little bit too much. The body doesn't really want us to operate that way. You're not trying to like kill the autoimmune disease. You're trying to support your body and all of your bodily functions, working on your mindset and real food and gut health and your hormones and all these things to help bring this like alert um, autoimmune state down, like calm everything down. So starting to kind of think about things in that way. Um, and like I said, often there, there's a backfire or it can create more stress and can affect our well-being when we try to go too hard too quickly. Um, and yeah, like I said, stress is a number one factor in Hashimoto's and this goes along with diet, especially if you come from that past. So again, I would say that gluten, dairy, soy, I also think is a really important one to keep out of your diet, which I don't think is too hard. Like I don't see a lot of people having like an emotional tie to soy. More for soy, you just want to be mindful of hidden soy. Like it's in things like protein powders or soybean oils and a lot of packaged foods. Um, and then, yeah, if you are eating something like tofu or, um, that kind of stuff, just being mindful. Um, sometimes protein bars have like soy protein or soy grits and stuff like that. So just being mindful of that stuff um, and doing your best. Um, I like to say progress, not perfection. And I especially think with healing diets, it's okay to allow yourself to slowly dive into it. It depends on your personality. Some people want to go zero to 60, but often I see that backfire. So that's why I encourage people to take things slowly, even if it feels like there's a lot of resistance there because you just want to get better really, really quickly. But like I said, that can backfire. So just taking care of yourself and making sure that you don't feel triggered by any of the things that you're avoiding, any of the foods you're avoiding. Um, and also remember that you're doing it out of love and respect for your body and your health and not just, you know, to lose weight or eat clean or punish yourself or because you should. That's very much probably the past that you've come from starting at age 10, going through Weight Watchers, and then probably a multitude of other restricted diets, that why was very, very different than this why. So choosing to avoid foods like gluten and dairy and eat more real food and, you know, being mindful of your choices when you order out or when you go to holiday parties or whatever, that comes from this desire to just take really good care of your body and, and you know, respect your body. So, making sure that distinction is really clear. Anyone that comes from a disordered eating past, I feel like the lines sometimes get blurry between that and you just have to be really, really clear so that you don't feel triggered and you don't feel restricted. Um, so yeah, as long as your why is <clears throat> really, really clear and distinctly different from the punishment and losing weight and all that stuff, I think you'll be okay. Um, but yeah, you just want to be really, really intentional and fill your mind and your brain as much as you can with the positive reasons that you're avoiding these things, not because it's just like rules or what you should do. And then um, I mentioned this in our gift guide episode, um, but I recommend reading the book, The Loving Diet with Jessica Flanagan or also following her on Instagram. I think she changed, she used to be AIP Lifestyle, but I believe her Instagram handle is now The Loving Diet. I'll link it in the show notes. And she really helps you kind of like make friends with your illness. And she speaks specifically to autoimmune 
disease in that book. But for anyone listening, anything you're going through, I initially read it um, for what I was dealing with with chronic pain, and it was really helpful. Um, so yeah, it just will help you kind of to make peace with your health issues. And then, like I said, ITN will help hugely. So you're probably still in the beginning stages of the program, maybe just getting through the science of nutrition pillar. But once you get to the psychology of eating and the spirituality of eating, um, I really, really think that's going to help you, Drinda. And those lessons for me in particular were truly transformative. And they took me out of the victim mentality and the why me mentality. Not that that's where you're at necessarily, but some people listening may feel this. Um, I really always felt like things were happening to me and um, I was a victim. And if something bad was going to happen, it was going to happen to me. And I think that's partly why I have dealt with a lot of health issues in my life. Like just because I kind of feel like I expected them and kind of energetically attracted them into my life. Um, And I'm working on unwinding that whole cycle. So the stuff that I learned in ITN really made me feel a lot more empowered and a lot more hopeful. And I hope that that's how you'll feel too. And then, like I said, just don't rush the healing process. It is there for a reason. Um, So yes, I think, you know, being your own advocate and researching and listening to podcasts and informing yourself is important. Of course, we don't want to be in denial or, you know, we're not always working with doctors maybe that are as knowledgeable about some of these things. So I think it's important to know um, what's going to, what, what you want and what's going on with your body, but it can be overwhelming. So I encourage you to like research all the things, then take a breather. Um, a lot of the times too much information is like you said, just too overwhelming and then it backfires. And so just slow your roll a little bit. Um, and, uh, like I said too, stress is not good for the thyroid. So, um, I wanted to speak a little bit more to about, this is kind of tricky because you're a hairstylist and obviously that's your your passion and your job, although you have a new passion because you want to help people and you're becoming a certified transformational nutrition coach. So maybe you are interested in transitioning at some point, but um, you're definitely working around a lot of chemicals unless you're in like a non-toxic salon, which I'm not sure. Um, so, you know, I don't think you need to like quit your job and freak out. But I think that being really really mindful and intentional about detox, like gradual, healthy daily detox would be helpful. Um, there's some things you can do, like an infrared sauna, if you have one local to you. Um, you want to look for far infrared. Um, there's different types. Um, somewhere like local that you could go. But you can also even buy one on Amazon, which I want to do because I used to go to a place here in LA, but I, I don't really, I don't want to keep necessarily paying for it. So I might try to get this one where it's like this little like pod that you sit in at home and I'll link it on Amazon. It's kind of cool. One of my um, friends has it. Um, skin it brushing. It's, I think like, I want to say a little bit under $200, which in the grand scheme of things is nothing because... Um, doing like one session at an infrared sauna location is usually like $50. Yeah. Yeah. I was thinking, I mean, if it's something you can physically fit in, I would just assume that it's really expensive. (laughs) No. So they have ones that are actual like saunas where it's a whole, you know, you open the door and you go in. It's like a little, um, how do you describe it? It's like a spaceship. (laughs) One where you're covered and almost like something you would see at a spa. Like okay. cedar, cedar, wood, you know, like a little big closet, maybe like a walk-in closet. That's oh, kind of okay. what it looks like. <laughs> this is something you're, it's not like luxurious. You're sitting on something like a little like 
<laughs> lawn chair thing and then your head is out and you're wrapped around almost like you're in like a soft box and your head is out. Um, okay. I'm probably going to get one, so stay tuned. Um, (laughs) uh, So, yeah, skin brushing, liver support. I have been taking NAC, um, which is a sulfur-containing amino acid that acts as a stabilizer for the formation of protein structures and is also necessary for the formation of glutathione, which is a very powerful antioxidant that plays a major role in liver detoxification. (laughs) That's the whole (laughs) description of NAC. Um, And I feel like it's really, really helped my liver health. It's helped me go to the bathroom more regularly. It's just helped helped me to do some gentle daily detox. So looking into that or maybe talking to your practitioner about it, glutathione and or NAC and or a liver supplement or liver detoxifier in general. Sulfur-rich vegetables are really, really helpful. Um, Citrus, lemon water, that kind of stuff. And then um, getting lots of fresh air during the day at the salon. So if you can take breaks to go outside, I think that would be helpful. Um, Lots of fresh fruits and vegetables um, will also be really helpful for you. Um, Ellie, I'll probably speak a little bit more to switching products because that's a big one, especially in thyroid health. And I have a few things just to piggyback on the the detox and the NAC and stuff. So you can either take, and I've asked a few NDs like at my office just because I'm like, okay, so is it better to take NAC so you are producing or like that's like the catalyst to produce glutathione or is it better to just take glutathione? And I feel like I can't really get a good answer. I think both do amazing things. So see whatever your practitioner kind of does. But it's cool that you're noticing a difference with the NAC because I think that maybe that that is maybe better than just taking the glutathione because you're kind of encouraging pathways to work better instead of just giving your body the end result. That's kind of what I think too. It's like, yeah, it's, it's encouraging your body to be reminded to produce the glutathione instead mm-hmm. of just giving it the glutathione, which kind of eradicates that, yeah, that function. Yeah. And N-acetylcholine, so, yeah. right? I didn't look it up. No, sure. I nope. never know how to pronounce it. Uh, uh, N-acetylcholine. Uh, yeah. That's what I said. What did Ac- you say? Acetylcholine. Um, no, <laughs> it's N-I don't know how... Oh, sorry, guys. I'm tongue twister. That's what it is. It's A O N C E T Y L. Yeah. Acetyl. Acetylcysteine. Cysteine, not choline. Just kidding. Yeah. And acetylcysteine. Okay. Close I knew enough. that wasn't right, but I was like, I don't know how to say it right. <laughs> so maybe I knew this. the acetyl. I just didn't. I thought it was choline. Um, yeah. But yes, I used to take a glutathione, which I would highly recommend for Hashimoto's, depending. But I took a liposomal. So you can take it. Um, Liposomal just meaning you squirt it in your tongue and it tastes like the worst thing on the planet. <laughs> but but you get over it and it is what it is because it's easier absorbed that way. Um, so that's another option. I mean, they also have like glutathione IVs and all of that too that you could do as well, just depending on kind of like what your protocol maybe end up being. And also too, I don't think you have to be on like a specific protocol. I think it just depends on like how you are going to handle kind of like healing best. Like if you feel like you're a person that needs like a plan and you want to work with someone and you're like, okay, I need to know exactly what I'm doing, what I'm taking. I need to see six months ahead versus just kind of doing things here and there. There's obviously the here and there. You can start anywhere. So don't 
be overwhelmed by the fact that we're talking about protocols and plans and all this. You don't have to do that. I think it just depends on how much you're struggling and where, what kind of person you are, like what type of personality. The other thing that we just got in my office, which I'm like so excited to try after baby, but um, we got a ozone sauna machine. So it's exactly like you're saying. You get into it, your head just sticks out, it's covering your whole body, and it heats up to like, I don't know what the highest temperature is, but um, my the doctor that I work for, she was in there yesterday. She, they've been doing like about 20 minutes at like 107 degrees or so, but it heats it up. And so the ozone is like oxygenating the cells in your body to allow detox to happen. So if your body is super toxic, like this was interesting. Um, someone did it and um, they had like a mercury filling or they have several mercury fillings and if there's toxicity in the body you'll actually sweat it out like on the towel that you're sitting on and it'll be black so you can see like the toxicity level in the body Um, it's pretty cool I'm excited to do it but I'm not going to do it till later but ozone so look up ozone therapy and ozone sauna and you might be able to find a few places that do that I know that there's a few places we do ozone IV therapy so what what that does is it's supporting your immune system so we take out the blood and it filtrates it you insert the ozone into the blood and then you put the blood back into the body so it's a whole IV process but we do that a lot in my office and that can be really good for I mean kind of almost anything it's like a catch-all kind of because it's supporting your immune system and oxygenating the cells to kind of there's a really cool video if I can find it I just watched it this past week if I can find it I will link it in the show notes but it's all about how ozone works that's really big in the Lyme community yeah ozone therapy Mm mm-hmm Maybe we could, we should get like an ozone specialist to come talk on the podcast because it's something like kind of complicated that like I don't really want to do a whole episode on because I don't know enough about it, but I know, you know, a little bit, but it's it's cool. It's something you don't hear a lot, or at least I had never heard of it until I started working at my office. (laughs) Can I do that when I next come down to SD? Yes, I can. Mm -hmm. Great. Okay. (laughs) Okay. Where were we? products or do you want to go to workouts uh do you want to speak to switching over your products sure I'll, I'll or why do it's important quickly so anything with toxins there's a ton of different toxins in like skincare products and your shampoo and your makeup there's still lead and lipstick there's different colorants and actually some makeup even contains gluten and soy so if you're very very sensitive you might want to avoid that kind of stuff um, and typically all products will say if they're gluten or soy free Um, they should so I know like beauty counter for one um, has all of their ingredients listed they'll always tell you what's in everything Um, so beauty counter eliminates like 1400 different toxins they abide by the European standard versus the US because the US shockingly only omits about 30 ingredients right now where the European Union omits like 1400 so it's pretty crazy like I know the last law that was passed, like I could run these facts all day because every time it, like, it blows my mind even though I know them. But like the last law that was passed in the skincare like industry or cosmetics was 1938. Like it is time for changes. But Beauty Counter is one of the companies that's really working to kind of change that. They're going to Congress making better, you know, laws happen hopefully. Um, but all of their products, I'm a consultant for them. So if you have questions, but they have everything from skincare to makeup, um, you know, pretty much everything that's, um, hair care, care, it's more clean. So there's, you know, toxin free for the most part, they do use some synthetic things, but reminder, all synthetic things are not terrible. Just like all natural things are not good. 
Um, there's a lot of natural ingredients like carrageenan could be one of them. It's a natural derivative of seaweed, yet it can cause toxic um, reactions in the body and cancer. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So it's all relative. Um, the other um, two companies that I really like, um, 100% Pure, I know always list their gluten and like soy and that kind of stuff. Um, and also, I haven't used anything except for their like eyebrow, <laughs> like um, it's like a powder thing instead of a pencil. Um, but Janet, I think it's called Janet Ar- Ars. Hmm, I'm gonna mess it up. Janet Arnsdale or Arsdale or something. Um, Janet. We'll find it. We'll link it in the show notes. <laughs> we'll also link to the Never List, which is an oh, amazing resource from Beauty Counter that outlines all of the most toxic, unsafe ingredients in many of the products we use every day and why they're harmful. So looking yes. through that too, and then that way too, you can check out which of your ingredient, which of your products may be the most toxic and start there by replacing them. So it's we'll link to that. Jane Iredale. I was going to say, I thought maybe it was Jane. But I- <laughs> <laughs> no, Janet, just Jane. So I don't know about a lot of their products in terms of like all of the toxicity and clean and how all of that, but they have... Um, an eyebrow thing that I use. Anyways, it is apparently clean and it's also gluten-free because a lot of the brown um, colorants and things will come from wheat or barley. So if you're celiac, that might be an issue for you. If you're not, I wouldn't go crazy. You know, we can't control Mm, everything. I didn't know that. Fun fact. Yeah. Not so fun fact. Not so fun (laughs) fact. (laughs) Um, And then also like cleaning products. Um, You know, there's that same app. Um, you can use, so like if I go through Target and I ran out of something, like I'm always scanning stuff and trying to figure out what's the cleanest thing, like seventh generation is okay. It's not amazing, but it's better than a lot of things. If you're shopping at Target, I know a lot of people like Branch Basics. Um, so we mentioned that in the episode that I did with Tessa, um, and yes. I gave a code for that as well. So we can relink the Branch Basics here. Okay. That's all. <laughs> Um, just making my notes. Lots of fun stuff to link to this episode. Um, cool. So um, I just didn't want to speak quickly to your workouts. So Orange Theory, four to six times a week. That's a lot. Like, that's max. That's I've been, quite... like, holding my breath this entire time because I'm like, the second thing I would have you do, if it's not cutting out gluten, it's the workout. But it's the same thing with switching over your diet. I know that certain people have... You know, we've, I think we've, did I talk about this on an episode at all? Like my whole experience with having to cut back on exercise because of dealing with chronic pain and how like abrupt it was that I had to kind of stop doing everything. And you've talked a lot about your relationship with exercise and over-exercise and possibly exercise addiction, right? Mm -hmm. So, you know, go, you've probably listened to quite a few of our episodes by now, Um, but everyone has their thing, kind of their vice. So, you know, some people may find more, like, there's different things that we're doing that afford us different things. I'm going on a tangent here. But my point is, not everyone is as invested in workouts. Not everyone is as invested in food. Not everyone is as invested in, like, their sleep or their stress. Like, different people have different ties and will have a harder time giving up or cutting back or, you know, switching things around you know, 
than someone else. So anyways, it may not be a a huge, huge, huge issue for you to cut back. Maybe the fact that you're not feeling good and you have this diagnosis of an autoimmune condition and um, you're invested in really bettering yourself and feeling, you know, getting back in balance with your health, maybe that's enough. That's a big, big enough why for you to cut down on your exercise. So I think that understanding that while movement and exercise is great and everyone should incorporate it into their lifestyle, it is a stressor. And we've, I think I've talked about the concept of the stress speaker before, but someone who has an autoimmune condition um, and also someone who was working in an environment like you around toxins and, you know, I'm sure you have other stressors in your life as well as we all do, um, your beaker is, is high. Your beaker is full. And so then if you're throwing in four to six days of intense, Orange Theory is kind of like boot boot camp style workouts, I believe, although that's more like Mm -hmm. Barry's boot camp, but it's similar, Um, like cardio and weights and like high intensity. It's you're you're pushing yourself um, quite a bit in that type of workout Um, that can cause your stress beaker to overflow. So we want to bring that level of the stress beaker down. We want to help um, it not get to that point that it's going to overflow. So that's a lot. That's a lot on your body, especially with waking up that early. I think it would behoove you to let yourself sleep in a few days a week. I'm not saying you have to go from six to zero, but start with cutting back on one, then maybe cutting back on two and just seeing how you feel, checking in with yourself, not having it, again, be zero to 60, not having it be drastic, just honoring yourself, honoring your health and cutting back a little bit, but letting yourself sleep in a few days a week. And that's going to help you repair, rejuvenate and restore Um, so it's super beneficial. Like not everyone has to force themselves to wake up at 5am every day to go get a workout in just because you feel like you should. So I think that more restorative movement will actually help you heal just because it is less stressful for your symptom overall. And then if you still have that time for yourself, so you can still get, you know, that feeling and that self-care in, then it doesn't have to be such a drastic shift. So you know, just making sure that you really love the movement that you're doing. And this is for anyone listening. Like, don't do anything just because you feel like you should. Don't force yourself to get up super early and work out just because you think you should. There's so many other factors of health, mindset, food, sleep, stress, self-care, relationships, toxins, environmental stress. Like, there's so much different stuff besides just movement. It's not black and white. Um, So, yeah. I think (laughs) my biggest advice, because I literally have been here, is that, and also too, like my issue for kind of as like what I would respond to you, Chelsea, would be like, but I do love it. I love every single minute of it. So that's why I'm going to do it like two times a day, five days a week, (laughs) you know? So like making sure that you're like being practical and saying like, okay, self, is this really too much? Like I was actually thinking about this the other day because I have no idea what triggered my brain to think about this, but I was thinking I used to work um, as an intern at like, there's like this Yahoo complex in LA. Do you know where that is? Like in Santa Monica? Mm -mm. Well, anyways, I just had this like flashback. It was so strange of me sleeping in my car before work because I would get to work like maybe 30 minutes early because I was doing a workout class or I was doing spin or going to the gym or something and I just happened to like go straight there and get up a little bit early and I would like have to take a nap before getting into work because I was so tired but I just didn't really like think that that was a problem or I used to take naps at lunchtime like I am someone that does not nap now because like I have a lot of energy because I sleep more and I don't overdo it as much but like 
I used to nap on my lunch breaks because I was that, I like could not keep my eyes open and I just never even thought it was an issue. And thinking back, I was like, wow, I can't believe I didn't see those signs, but now I can. And that might not be you at all, but I would say the biggest catalyst for me kind of pushing my autoimmune disease to like the brink of either just coming about in general or being hard to fix is the workout stuff because I just couldn't give it up and it was something that I was like, I love this, I want to do it, I feel so good and it was really hard so I really had to kind of like set boundaries for myself and say like I'm only going to do two two days of cardio this week and that was really, really, really hard because my body kind of like went through this weird phase of like I don't really know what to do if I'm not burning all these calories, (laughs) you know, so it can be a hard transition and that's okay if your body changes a little bit or like your digestion is a little bit different um so I don't know you just have to kind of take it like because every person is different your body's going to handle it differently but I would say if my advice to you it's kind of like I'm speaking to myself if I knew now if I knew then what I know now I would have tried to tone down the workouts more in the very beginning instead of pushing that off because I did everything else I did all the food I did all the supplements I did all the acupuncture and the thing I was not willing to give up was workouts and getting up at 5 a.m and the second I did that everything started to get a little bit better um And two, I think, you know, you had mentioned like being a little bit concerned about, um, I think you put this in there, having children, yeah, having children in the future with Hashimoto's like that, that is something that sure, it can be problematic for people, but it doesn't have to be either. So just know that that's not like in your future because you have this diagnosis doesn't mean it's going to have, it's going to be hard for you, but even more of a reason to like look at everything else now and start putting those things into play because it might take a while before your body can really feel comfortable and safe, especially if you're pushing it and stressing it out, you know, with working out too much possibly because you are taking progesterone and testosterone, which is totally fine. Um, I'm just thinking like if you're taking those, maybe you are already working on your hormones or maybe your cycles aren't as regular as they, you want them to be. Um, so just putting into play like little steps now and I think starting with the workouts would be my biggest recommendation aside from the big heavy hitters like the gluten and the dairy and the stuff healing the gut hands down for sure second to me would be toning down the workouts because your hormones play a big role in that and your adrenal glands play a big role in that so children can be definitely possible I think I'm a testament to that it wasn't difficult for me but it was difficult for me to get my hormones in line to be able to do that and once I did that everything you know is is okay so don't don't worry about things that haven't happened yet either just start where you can right now with where you're at yeah and I think we may need to do a full episode about exercise because there's so many more things that I want to touch on that after your response <laughs> because it's interesting like you were saying but I love it or the old you because you've well, the problem is lot, I still love but, it. Like, but I still here's do. the thing. Before, <laughs> I, I feel like a lot of the reasons that you loved it and a lot of the reasons I feel like a lot of people love it is more of the things that it's affording you. So, like you mentioned, like, burning all these calories because then it, you know, not you necessarily, not all this is just you, Allie, but I'm saying, like, anyone maybe that's listening. But a lot of people work out, I've seen this with female 
uh, family members, and I certainly feel like I used to feel this way too, work out a lot so that you can burn the calories. So then, then you have, you give yourself more permission maybe to eat more or, you know, you just feel more worthy or, you know, better about yourself. If there's certain things that it's affording you that go beyond just, oh, I love the work and I'm just so happy to be here. So that's really where your mindset comes in a lot. Because if you can start working through that stuff and finding other ways to feel worthy and lovable and good about yourself and also not feel like you have to earn your food or earn your calories and just there's so much more to it. So that's why like mindset is 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 so big. And I think that that you worked on that a lot, you in particular, mm-hmm. Els, and I think that's why you were able to cut back and I think you realized getting your hormones in balance, getting your health in balance and being able to prepare to to one day have a baby like was more important to you than continuing. So it's like there's just there's so much here. So it's just it's much more not it's not black as black and white as like just cut back on your workouts. Like there's a there's a lot of your mindset that has to come into play with all that. Same thing too like stop dieting, stop restricting, stop counting, stop tracking like it's there all this stuff is such a complex thing and it's different for everyone and that's why it's so important to work with someone on this stuff too. Yeah, exactly. It's so, so drastically different because, mm-hmm. yeah, everybody has a different experience. Like, I didn't necessarily – like, it didn't afford me to eat more calories. I just continued to eat less probably. <laughs> but it afforded me to, like, the endorphins were, like, what I, like, fiended off of. Like, I love – but I think, too, it depends on, like, how you grow up. Like, how was your childhood? Like, I grew up as a competitive gymnast. So, like, I was already probably from that early age, like – you know, and I think Drenda too, like you saying that you did Weight Watchers at age 10, like that has, it definitely plays a role, you know, I'm assuming in kind of maybe the way that we do things, because how could it not? Mm-hmm. Where like, oh, it does for sure. You know, we have things that are ingrained in our brain at a young age, and it just maybe sometimes continues. So, yeah, so many thoughts. We should do a whole episode on that. <laughs> yeah, actually, and if you guys have specific questions about this, that's helpful for us too. Um, but I would like to dig in a little bit more to this stuff. And even like, our own personal stories or I'd like to even like interview you Alice about it <laughs> sure there's probably things that I don't even know that you could pull out of me and be like oh my gosh you're right I didn't even know that <laughs> anyway ooh, well we were you know we maybe gonna us? wrap should we yeah I think we maybe should save it just because it's it's um she has one more question so Drinder we'll get to that um but it's such a different I mean it, it goes hand it's, in hand but yeah it's a different topic that will be I'd rather not rush it could, put it into something else yeah cool so fun well for everyone that celebrates christmas merry christmas if you're listening to this you may be listening to this on christmas day probably not <laughs> <laughs> i mean i hope you have a lot of really great things to do but if you don't we're happy to have you here <laughs> actually i might go on a walk and on um, tomorrow morning <laughs> quote unquote tomorrow <laughs> listen to a podcast Well, we love you guys. We'll have one more episode before the new year, but thank you for spending this whole year with us so far. How exciting. Right? Yeah. Sorry. The enthusiasm (laughs) is here. I just didn't know if you were finished. Yeah. This has been such a fun, like, additive to my life and what Chelsea and I do and being able to kind of, like, just talk about this stuff with you guys. And we really appreciate all your questions. It's so fun to understand and, like, get into someone else's brain and be like, oh, that is a good question. I'm so glad you asked. So Mm -hmm. keep them coming. Yeah, and it's so much more fun for us to have specific questions instead of just, like, coming up with something to talk about. 
I feel like we can get into bigger, bigger discussions about stuff. So anyways, thank you guys so much for listening and for being here. If you would like to submit a question, you can email us at nutritionishpodcast at gmail.com or head on over to our website and click under the submit a question tab. Head on over to iTunes and please leave us a review. We're really, really grateful for them. Also, be sure to subscribe so that a new episode gets downloaded for you every single week. For more from me, Chelsea, head to nutritionwithchelsea.com and follow me over on Instagram at nutritionwithchelsea. For more from Allie, head to barefoodnutrition.com and follow her at barefoodnutrition. We'll see you guys next week. That was so fast. I feel so good about how quick that was. Okay, bye. (laughs) Bye.